0: Another Way to Play, episode 123.
1: I'm 40. You know, starting at 40 is when people no longer want to hire you because you're too old. And here I am starting all over, or at least that was my mindset at the time was. And I'm going to tell you, that has really shifted. I don't believe I was starting over any longer. I believe I was adding on to what I was already doing. And that is so true for all of us. We don't start over. No matter what we've already done, no matter what we do in the future, we're just adding on. This is Kathy Guggenauer, the tiara-wearing founder of Virtual Expert Training. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Strezina.
0: Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strezina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is another way to play. I'm your host, Hans Trezina, and today we have the first person who actually is wearing a tiara for the entire interview. It's none other than Kathy Guggenauer. She's the founder of Virtual Expert Training, and if you have no idea what that is, it's basically taking a virtual assistant and going a step above that. She finds and trains folks who uh, basically want to support entrepreneurs, business people, and those types of individuals in a higher level capacity than just what a typical VA would do. She looks for people who are problem solvers, looking for places to make or save money. It's another level on top of what a typical VA does, and she's really, really good at it. Uh, so we talk about her business, how she got out of the corporate world over 20 years ago, put on a tiara, and got Cranking uh, with her virtual expert training courses and services. Uh, we also talk with her about values, how she uses those to make decisions, and how she balances that with setting goals. We also talk about how it is she introduces fun into her life and her business. Uh, so, if that is at all interesting to you, you are in the right place because this is a really, really cool interview. If you get some value out of this, please leave me a comment, like, subscribe to the, the podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to your podcast because uh, it really helps me grow, gain some critical feedback, and of course, get the show in front of a few more people. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring her in. Here's my interview with Kathy Guggenauer. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're really excited to have you on.
1: Thanks, Hans. I'm super excited to be here and to be speaking to all of your wonderful audience, the entrepreneurs here to get some mindset shift happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you um, for that. Like, so yeah, speaking of mindset shift, let's just get into it. I mean, anyone who's watching this um, can see, but obviously, those of you listening, you cannot. Kathy is a self proclaimed tear wearing founder of the Virtual Expert Training. So let's talk about that for a second. Where, where, what is that? What do you do? What is your, what is your day, your life consist of right now?
1: Yeah. So just like your listeners, I am an entrepreneur and I spend my days doing whatever I want to do, basically.
0: Good <laughs> and definition. I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because guess what? I'm the boss, I get to choose. Every once in a while, Hans, I forget that, though, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing because there is so much to be done to build our empires, and I have so much that I want to complete with my mission, Um, and my mission is to help women and a few lucky men build their own online businesses as what I call virtual experts, and, you know, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people and thousands all around the world who not only want to become virtual experts, but who want to hire them. So a lot of your listeners may be interested in, you know, what is a virtual expert and what might they be able to do for their businesses?
0: Yeah, please. What What is a virtual expert?
1: So I'm sure that you've heard of a virtual assistant. That's an independent contractor who supports business owners, entrepreneurs. Well, a virtual expert is the next level higher. So if you ever wished, oh my gosh, I really wish that I could find a virtual assistant who is a problem solver, can figure this stuff out on their own and not have to come and ask me, who comes with batteries included. You know what I mean by that, Hans?
0: I do. I do. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, you don't have to wind them up to get them going. They're already wound up, already ready to go. They have a lot of self-initiative. They know what needs to be done and they get it done. And they're proactive. And that means when they see something where you can save money, they're going to tell you about it. When they see something where you can make more money, they're going to help you with that too.
0: Interesting. So you're, so you're really trying not just to put a butt in a seat, for lack of a better term, but you're really trying to to build an extension of the business or the, the individual or whomever the virtual expert is actually working with and for.
1: That's right. Uh, Virtual experts, they really partner with the people they work for. And, you know, that old saying, uh, treat a business as if it was your own, treat wherever you work as if it was your own. Well, I don't know about you, but that's what I've always wanted as an entrepreneur. I want people who treat my business as their own, who care if we save money, who care if we make more money. And that's what a virtual expert can do for you. And I know a lot of people, when I tell them about this, they don't believe it. They're like, that's a unicorn. It doesn't really exist, but it does. And I know because that's what I was looking for when I began building my own business. And it was difficult to find, practically impossible. It was a unicorn back then. But I have scoped them out. I look for professional people, those who have already worked in the corporate world, those who have already had a profession, those who are already experts at what they do. And then I teach them how to work as independent contractors to
0: help entrepreneurs like you. So you, you mentioned starting your own business. You obviously weren't always the expert on training virtual experts. Where did that come into your story? And let's back up to that point and talk about where the journey actually began.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm laughing because I'm imagining working in the corporate job I had at a Fortune 500 company where you know they wanted you to wear a suit um, and I'm imagining going in there with a tiara on and what they would have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have gone over so well back in the 1990s. Yeah, qu- so quarterly I evaluation
0: was, would have would have had something to oh say about gosh. that, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, so I really I'd like to go back in time and do that just to see what happened. So I worked there as a marketing manager for almost 20 years, and I had stopped getting promoted, and so I went to my boss and asked why and he said you know how bosses can have that tone you want to really know the truth uh yeah you laugh and smile too much and you're never going to get promoted unless you change that about yourself.
0: Hmm. So you were too too fun too too nice maybe at least in their eyes.
1: Yes exactly yeah yeah, people enjoyed being around me. They weren't scared of me. They weren't intimidated by me.
0: Yeah, um, Kathy, I can yeah. see why that would be a really big problem because you you are way too fun and way too nice. Just in the <laughs> couple of minutes we've been on, so I can see how that's a problem for you in the in the business world. Clearly, yeah,
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And so, you know, I cried, and you know, I had a little tiny cubicle, and went back to my little cubicle and cried and thought. What am I going to do? I only have, and this is what I thought, because back then, you know, your job and your retirement package, and that was everything. And I thought I only have 15 years left for retirement. (laughs) Can I hang on? How do I change myself? And fortunately, I'm not the type to really enjoy rules and regulations. So I decided, uh, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. I was 40 years old at the time, so your listeners who are right now 40, thinking about changing your careers, go for it, because I did, and it was the best thing I ever did, and when I took my resignation letter into that same boss, he said, oh my gosh, this is the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. You're never going to make this kind of money again. And I vowed right then and there, not only would I make that kind of money again, but I would double it. And indeed, I did. Within three years, I had doubled it. And now, almost 20 years later, uh, I have like 100 times
0: it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. I love it. I'm curious, uh, taking it back to that moment when you hand, you're hand, physically handing that resignation letter in and you had that internal moment of like, I'm going to prove this person wrong. Can you describe that feeling for us and what changed for you internally, if anything?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it was really a mix, Hans, because there was a part of me who believed what he was saying. You know, there was a part of me who was scared, And thought, I'm 40. You know, starting at 40 is when people no longer want to hire you because you're too old. And here I am starting all over, or at least that was my mindset at the time was. And I'm going to tell you, that has really shifted. I don't believe I was starting over any longer. I believe I was adding on to what I was already doing. And that is so true for all of us. We don't start over. No matter what we've already done, no matter what we do in the future, we're just adding on new experiences to what we've already done. And that's how we're all so unique is because we have those past experiences. So when I sat there and part of me was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to throw up because I'm 40 and doing this. But the other part did exactly what you said. I mean, I really thought, I will show you. I'm going to laugh and smile all the way to the bank. And I have indeed done that. And that's part of the reason I started wearing tiaras is because I decided, you know how some people say, Um, How do you make decisions? Well, I really like to make decisions based on my values. And my number one value, you're not going to be surprised by this. My number one value is to have fun. So when I decide what I'm going to do next with my business, my decision always, first I ask, will I have fun doing it? Or how can I make this fun?
0: I have two different questions, but relative to the fun thing you know there's certain stuff that's just not fun or it's not fun for you because someone finds accounting fun and taxes fun i don't and i and i imagine you probably don't to at least to the same degree that a tax accountant might but um how do you how do you approach something in that world like something that just doesn't feel good or fun to you how do you then go about actually making it fun
1: yeah well hans uh i don't know how you nailed me so quickly but you're absolutely right numbers are my nemesis
0: Maybe it was, Um, you know, I am
1: a a superhero (laughs) flying through the sky and I, I run into those numbers and I'm like, save me. So now my number one way is, and really most of my career as a trainer and coach, my method has been, if I don't like to do it, hire it done. Yeah, because there's always people out there, just like you said, who love whatever it is I don't love. And what I found is the more narrow I niche down, the bigger my paycheck. The more narrow I niche, the easier it is to market. The easier it is to become known as that expert. So I just keep narrowing and letting others do the work that I don't want to do.
0: Can you give us an example of that? And and I ask for this because niche down is such a I don't want to say overplayed because it's good advice, but like it's such a repeated piece of advice out there in the world right now. But it's like, okay, what does that actually mean? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna share two different scenarios. So one was when, before I became a trainer and coach and created virtual expert training, I was a virtual assistant myself. That's the thing I did right out of my corporate job, which a lot of people, well, let me just tell you, not a lot of people, what I did. So at first I thought, hey, you know what? I am a marketing consultant and I'm going to be a marketing consultant. And I decided to narrow it down to real estate agents. I'm going to be a marketing consultant for real estate agents because I'm not a VA. I'm not an assistant. I have an MBA. I've almost 20 years as a marketing manager. And guess what that ego did for me? It got me zero clients because the real estate agents, they didn't want a consultant. They wanted somebody to do the work. And as soon as I shifted that and thought, what do I care what I'm called? As long as I'm doing work I enjoy doing and I'm helping others and I'm earning a great income, what do I care? So real estate agents liked the term virtual assistant. So I became a real estate virtual assistant. And I narrowed it down further from that by doing only marketing for real estate agents, and then I narrowed it further by working only with real estate agents on the coast. So California, the state of Washington, Oregon, where you are, on the other coast, Boston, Virginia, and then down into Florida. Why? Because I found that that's where the big money was. In the Midwest where I live, homes sell for about 200000 On the coast, homes sell for $2 million. So, where do you think they're going to be more willing to pay me more? The coast. So, that's how I narrowed when I was a virtual assistant. Now, as I am a coach and trainer, I mean, I'm very narrow in that I only work with professional women. And like I said, a couple of men. I don't market to men. I only market to women. Um, Out of the hundreds I've already trained, I have only trained five men. Oh, wow. And I'm looking, yeah, (laughs) I'm looking for professional women like teachers, managers of any type, engineers, lawyers, um, anybody and everybody, executive assistants who already have that professional level and who are ready to step into working from home either as a side hustle while they still have their jobs or to make that career switch whether right now or later on. And the average woman who comes to work with me is between the age of 35 and 55. So that's what I'm looking for. And I not only look for that, I not only market directly to that, but I actually have an application process where you won't even get into my program unless you meet certain criteria. One other criteria, well, two others. I'm looking for people who are diverse, inclusive, anti-racist, that's very important to me and who are supportive of others, because I believe that together we all rise higher.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really well said. So you so you've really, both when you first started and now, started to really identify who you serve, who your people are, who your demographics are. And as you just said, I mean, guys, listen, like it's not, you you didn't just name like a very specific, super tight group, but you also... You know, outlined who you serve and who you don't and and some non-negotiables and that's niched pretty well. So then from there, your pool of applicants is smaller, your pool of prospective clients and buyers and whoever smaller, therefore you can have higher level conversations from the beginning.
1: Exactly. And in, in anything that I do, whether it's, you know, whatever lead magnet I have out there, whatever free webinar, whatever uh, challenge, three-day challenge, five-day challenge I have going on, I make it very clear from the start, hey, see me, hear me, don't like what you're seeing and hearing, I you're welcome to stay, listen to me, but I will not be inviting you into our program if you don't believe in supporting each other, no matter what, gender, sex, age, race Um, you're welcome to stay and listen but you will not be invited into any of my paid programs and it's worked out great hans i gotta tell you i have an awesome tribe who really really support each other and we have as you can imagine we have tons of fun in fact we're getting ready to have our a costume contest and this one we're going to do a talent contest and like stupid human talents (laughs) and the costume contest we had almost 200 people at the virtual event and more than half of them dressed up in costumes and I announced the costume contest 24 hours before it happened so nobody could go out and buy a costume they had to make do with what they had and you would not believe the costumes they had it was amazing
0: Oh that's so cool. I mean just the way you're describing this like it it's very clear that you've identified a group of people who not only, you know, work hard and are are skilled at what they do but also subscribe to your version of fun and your, you know, your ethos and all of that sort of thing and that's the beauty of of niching down is as I like to put it like you in my business i am a real estate agent so i totally resonate with all the oh, virtual wow. assistant okay. stuff you just said <laughs> you're you 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 speak in my language on that one but you know when you are clear like you go to my website it's it's clear that it's designed for a certain type of person and when you have that person in mind you get more of those types of people and i can tell you that looking back over the last 2 years I have gotten tighter and tighter with the type of person I happen to work with because I've been thoughtful about the messaging and the colors and the, you know, the content I throw on social media and then the referrals I ask for and and don't ask for in some instances, you know. And it's amazing how that, when you just get into the flow of those types of people, it's amazing how it takes off because you're absolutely right. The amount of money, the amount of, success, whatever you you measure success by, it, it comes much more prevalent and often uh, when you niche down and get focused on that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And Hans, to, since you know about real estate, to take that further, I would also find out how many buyers and sellers they had. Were they a buyer? Were they a seller? Did they do a combo? Because I was really, I preferred to work with sellers people who were focusing on getting uh, new properties to list because that's part of what I did for marketing for them. And then I found out how much their average home was that they sold and if they were interested in increasing their average, that kind of stuff. So I really narrowed it down when I did a discovery call and I knew exactly what I was looking for. So for example, I wanted somebody who'd already been in real estate a minimum of five years because they already knew the business and they already had a good business going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Really, really great criteria. I love all of that. I want to back up for just a second because there was one other question earlier on that I wanted to ask. And you you alluded to it um, relative to one of your values of having fun. Like, how do I make this fun? How do I hire it done if it's not fun? Like you said, I've personally struggled with this in the last four years as I've always been a goal-oriented person. And until recently, I've started to shift, slowly but shift, my thinking into more of a values-oriented person. And by that, I mean, I would set, for example, a goal of selling you know, 20 houses or something like that. That's a goal. That's a measurable check-the-box check kind of thing. Whereas a value would be like having fun you know, you can, you can define a value somehow, some other way, but like using those sorts of things as making decisions in your life and your business. Can you talk to us about how you set those values, how you understand them and then how they play a part in your life and and practically in your business?
1: Well, by the way, making decisions based on values doesn't mean I don't also, that I'm not also goal-driven. I am very (laughs) goal-driven. So, So to combine the two, for example, I have a goal right now of helping 200 new people by having them become part of my virtual expert virtual event that's coming up in October. And so then how I add my fun value on is I'm like, all right, this is a contest for myself and my marketing team. And here's how how we're gonna play this. So I gamify everything, right? And I still have those goals set, but that value of fun is always in there. So instead of worrying about it, which is what a lot of people do, or getting stressed about it, which is what a lot of people do when they have a goal and they aren't reaching it, I play a game with it. And if one way doesn't work, then I switch to another. So for example, I decided to try this thing. I wanted to get a 1,000 people registered for a three-day challenge that I was doing. Okay, And I ended up only getting 500 registered. But instead of going, oh, that didn't work, of course I looked at what did work, what didn't work, what pieces of it weren't fun for me, how I'm going to change it to do it the next time I do that because it did work on a different level. So I didn't get a whole bunch of people signed up for my event, but I sold my high ticket item instead. So ding, 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 that's going to work for that. We'll switch it to that. And then I'm like, all right, how do we get the other 500? And I'm doing a webinar tomorrow and we have 600 already registered for
0: it. Congratulations, that's super cool.
1: Thanks. And I'm giving away prizes. So those kind of things always make it more fun.
0: Definitely. So as you were speaking there, I was sort of struck by this concept of failure. Comes up a lot. It's a, it's a big, I I don't know how, but a lot of these conversations revolve towards failure a lot of the time, one way or another. And you, you sort of hit it on the head where you said, I wanted a thousand, I got 500. You could have taken that as a failure right it would have been very easy to say i did not hit that goal which technically is true you didn't hit the goal however does that mean that it's all over and it's all for nothing clearly not because you had this other high ticket item say how did these people get here what are they into what can i serve them with and then you probably turn that into a very profitable situation from a business standpoint right but had you had you thought it was a failure you wouldn't you may or may not have done that how do you how do you work a failure in your world
1: Yeah. So like, for example, I mean, I'm always thinking about um, how do I turn this into a success? Right. Whether it's what, number one, what did I learn from this? Always. And then number two, is there a way that I can still turn this into a success? So for example, that three day challenge, it was going great for the people that were in it. They were super excited, but I knew I didn't have the numbers to get the virtual event to the level I wanted. So I pivoted my pitch. Instead of pitching just for attending the event, I pitched my high ticket offer. And so I ended up making money off of it when I didn't think I was going to make any money. I was just going to get people in my event. And so yay, we now know how to sell my high ticket offer in another way that's really exciting and fun and people really enjoy. And now let's look at, How many more days do we have left before the event? How can we get that additional number in there? And we're doing it. And I I never give up. Do you? No. Me neither. And that's what's fun, isn't it? It's like being on a roller coaster ride. Ooh, look at this. We're going up the hill. It's so exciting. And now, oh my gosh, something really scary happened. Let's throw our arms up in the air and scream all the way down. Woo! (laughs) That's
0: That's a great analogy. I love that. You know, as far as like the never give up thing, like that's, That's a challenge that I think a lot of people face, frankly, because, you know, movies, books, every like every form of media that we've ever had has a beginning, middle and end. Right. And and technically, so does life. However, it's a longer beginning, middle and end. So when you start to think about putting time on your side, this is something that the listeners talk to me about or I talk talk about and they hear me all the time say when you put time on your side and you put those consistent actions into place, you're constantly looking for ways to turn things into a win. Um, it's almost an inevitability that success will come your way. Um, it may not show up in the way that you thought initially. Probably, in fact, it probably won't show up in that way. However, if you can consistently stay in the game, stay focused, keep your mindset straight um, of consistently turning th- you know losses into wins and learning lessons and moving forward, it's almost an inevitability that you get to where you want to go.
1: That's right. And not only is it an inevitability, you are going to win bigger by the time you get there. I mean, look at how many people, we can look at all kinds of uh, sports stars, we can look at celebrities, we can look at business owners. And if you really look at them, they have gone bankrupt. They have been told no. They have not won the game time after time after time. But when they keep going in the end they went bigger than they ever dreamed of
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's always the everyone talks about the journey and all this sort of thing and that's that to me can that narrative can absolutely work however i think it sort of kicks responsibility off a little bit too which circles us back to you know your goals and, and how you make decisions around your values specifically and coming back in and sort of anchoring the journey, the, the mystical hypothetical journey um, into something that you can control. Because a lot of times like, it's not about winning. That's how you play the game. Like that sort of narrative, like, sure, fine. But also, you know, if you want to get into business and take your, your job, your career and go out and do your own thing, you have to have something to anchor you. It's not just inevitability if you do nothing. You have to have something in there, which is where the goal part comes in.
1: No, you actually have to take consistent action. If you're not doing literally every day, you should wake up and think, if you don't do it the night before, um, and if you do it the night before, then that morning when you wake up, what can help me get towards my goal faster today? What is the thing I'm going to do today to help me get towards my goal? Now, those days when you're going to take a rest that's what you're going to do that day. You're going to go full speed or slowly onto the couch and take a rest, right? You're going to do that just as fully as the day that I get to have a podcast interview with you, Hans. I'm going to go into that fully that day because I see too many people who wobble. They're like wishy-washy, well, I really want to relax, but maybe I should do this, and then they don't enjoy any of it. They feel guilty for everything they do. They feel less than for everything they do. So why not set that goal, embrace what you're going to do, and enjoy it to the fullest each and every day. That's how I see the journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it's a presence it's being present in what you're doing be where your feet are and i i can tell you i have been guilty of this in the past of having too many windows open on my computer and having a phone call and a text exchange at the same time as trying to type an email it's like okay hold on a second stop like have the phone call and then you know say hey i got to write a note down real quick can i give you can you give me 15 seconds write that note if you got to get that thing out of your head get back to your phone call you know be where your feet are, be focused and present. And, you know, or if you're going to rest and you're going to go to the beach or you're going to just lay on the couch or whatever the thing is, like turn your phone off or don't take your phone or or whatever it is and, and be there, be doing what you're focused on doing. And it's amazing the productivity and um, the results you get out of that, whatever the result is you're seeking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And didn't you just love that phone sound I have come in right when you're talking about phone? <laughs> I planned that, you know.
0: Well yeah, we'll make sure that we uh, leave that one in there for everybody so that they get the irony of the whole situation. No, but <laughs> That I, was
1: hilarious. By yeah. the way, I'm one of the few people in the world who still has a landline and that's because I live in the middle of nowhere in a tiny house. No cell service here.
0: No cell service. That's a, that's amazing. I don't actually have cell service in my in my unit. That's why I have a little network extender over here next to my desk. <laughs>
1: I use my iPhone over the Wi-Fi. Thank goodness for that.
0: Thank goodness for that is right. Well, Kathy, I really appreciate your time and being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I could sit here and talk to you f- more about goals and and all of this stuff for a long time. However, I want to respect the rest of your day and transition us into the last section of the show called the Focus 5, which is the same five Woo-hoo! questions I ask every guest on every show. Focus
1: 5. Here we go.
0: All right, here we go. First question. What book have you gifted most often?
1: So the book I've gifted most often is an older book. It's called Wishcraft. And that is Wishcraft. That is the book that I read after my boss told me I laughed and smiled too much. That helped me realize, even though I'd never had the dream of becoming an entrepreneur, never even thought about being a business owner, it helped me realize that I could do it.
0: Awesome. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why?
1: Well, it would be my grandmother because I love her dearly and you're making me cry. And, you know, when I was in my 30s, um, I was too busy. I was too busy to spend time with her. I was, you know, I would call her and she would be talking about all the people who died that I didn't even know and on and on and on. And if, and I, in fact, I have a picture of her right here beside me right now. And if I had the chance to spend any time with her, I would absolutely do that.
0: Awesome answer. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on?
1: Wow. One thing I believe that most people would disagree with me on, there there is no inappropriate time for fun. I And let me tell you, I've gotten pushback on that a lot. I was just in a webinar with a bunch of lawyers and I had an even crazier tiara on because it was supposed to be like the theme of a camp, like as, you know, we're going to go for a swim and all that. So I had a tiara on that was like a blow up tiara and it was just crazy looking and all these lawyers were on there and they're, you know, I said something about, I always love to have fun and, um, you know, I have my blow up tiara on today. And somebody posted it in the chat, because it was on Zoom, there is a, an appropriate time and place for fun. And I said, yes, it's always.
0: <laughs> Clearly, they, they that they, that person didn't agree, but I love it.
1: Oh, I, no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day?
1: Yeah, so oh, i tell you what, I, I I don't think I will ever, ever, ever take for granted That I get up without an alarm clock because I used to have to get up at 4 a.m. to start getting ready to drive an hour to my job. I hated and now I wake up whenever I wake up. It's typically about 630 in the morning and I go greet my three golden retrievers plug in my coffee that my husband has set up for me the night before, which by the way, men, if you're thinking of a way or women to show your loved one that you love them, do something tiny like that. Every morning when I go plug my coffee in, I feel my husband's love for me and every once in a while he'll forget. And I literally stand there and look at the coffee pot, like what happened? He doesn't love me.
0: Great and advice. then
1: I yeah, and then I drink a huge cup of coffee with delicious coconut milk and pet my dogs because they just give me so much joy. And by the way, if I don't pet my dogs, then they get upset with me. So I have to.
0: It's kind of like this uh, chain of, of love showing, right? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Kathy, this has been so awesome. What is the best place online that we can connect with you?
1: So we have a special page just for your listeners, which is virtualexperttraining.com forward slash way to play.
0: Very cool. And what can we find on that site or that page rather?
1: Yeah, on that page, you're going to find, um, if you're interested in learning more about becoming a virtual expert, you're going to find uh, three different resources. Two are free, and one is a very deeply discounted, only $17, five-day training. If you are interested in hiring one of the amazing professional, proactive, problem-solving virtual experts, you'll find information on how to do that.
0: Awesome. Well, Kathy, I really appreciate you bringing a lot of fun to the show, bringing the tiara in and some really, really great conversation and advice. So you've really um, just brought it today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being present with us and uh, really appreciate everything.
1: Uh, I'm going to be really surprised if you tell me I'm the only person who's ever worn a tiara on your show.
0: I can't. I can't say that I have <laughs> had any TR wearing anybody's on the show. <laughs> so you uh, were definitely the first. A
1: first. Hans, thank you so much for making this fun.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. That is a wrap for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to connect with Kathy, the website she mentioned is down in the show notes. It's set up specifically for those of you who want some free resources and a deeply discounted paid resource as well for how to basically supercharge your business with a virtual expert or how to become one. If you got some value out of that, please head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review. Tell me what you liked, what was valuable, maybe what you disliked and what I can improve on as well. All of it's welcome. I really appreciate the feedback. And if you want to connect with me, I'm down in the show notes, HansTrezina.com and of course on Instagram at Chief Sna. So without any further ado, let's log it off and get on out of here. This is Hans Trezina, host of Another Way to Play and remember to make every chapter better than the last.